Welcome to the SLP Talk Show. Real talk with Carrie about stuff that really matters. Hey, it's Carrie, your fast-talking, speech-therapy-loving host. While you are driving, cleaning, exercising, or whatever it is you do while listening to podcasts, I'm going to be chatting about pediatric speech therapy stuff. But I don't want our time together to feel like work or be boring. You already work enough, and you already have enough boring stuff to do in your life. So let's get going and have some fun. Hi, you are listening to the 13th episode of SLP Talk Show. It is time for another podcast party, and it is the 13th episode, and isn't it just kind of ironic that it is the 13th day of the month? Oh, and wow. actually, yeah. it is Friday the 13th. I'm scared. <laughs> Are you superstitious about, about dates? I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. Just a little stitious? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, one of my sisters was born on... Friday the 13th, so my mom always said it was a lucky day, so yeah. I don't know. Some people, I don't know. I, I like how people turn that around. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're like, yeah. no, I'm, I'm going with the 13th. That's right. Well, you know, I travel a lot, um, not so much since the pandemic, but it's really interesting how in almost every hotel, when you get on the elevator, there is no 13th floor. I mean, they literally I, skip over. You know what? I, I'm going to, I think that there's a conspiracy out there. I think there actually is a 13th floor. They just don't let anybody go there you, you think know? so like it's, think it's like so. where they keep all the cool stuff they keep all the cool stuff only the cool kids get to yeah. go to the 13th floor yeah. i mean what's funny is there is a 13th floor they just call it the 14th floor right so it's actually there but they just i don't know it's just crazy how some people are about about the the number 13 so i don't know but anyways happy friday the 13th well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. So Jim is here with me, and summer has arrived here in Kansas City. We are in the process of opening our pool up and can't wait to be able to get back into the water. Aaron is excited. His favorite thing every day when the pool is open is to check the... the check the temperature. The, check the temperature of the water. Yeah. He does it multiple times a day just to see where it's at. What would you say the ideal water temperature is for the pool? See, I'm a bit of a wimp. Yeah. I, I prefer, you know, 86, 86. to 80, maybe even 85, 86, 85, 85 80. to 88, somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah. It gets much warmer than that, and then it's like... It's a little bit like bath water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't really get refreshed. No, right now it's 80 degrees, so it would be a little chilly to get in, but hopefully yeah. it will warm up here. I have to tell you, so Aaron is excited about the pool opening, and June 13th, Aaron starts his new job at the zoo. And Jim, I have been right. dying to tell you what he said about it. I've been waiting for this exact moment, okay? okay. Oh, no. So Aaron was talking to me about his new job. He's got this six-week gig um, through vocational rehab through the state of Missouri, so he'll have a job coach, and you know it's going to be his first job. And he was sitting there talking to me about his job and he said so I wonder what I'll do when I retire <laughs> and I just died because I said oh well you're you're not gonna actually retire yet this is your first job and he said just for six weeks and then I retired <laughs> oh my gosh so I was dying I said wait a minute I want to retire <laughs> I said well you have to get another job then and he said but I'm gonna be retired <laughs> He literally oh thought gosh. he only had to have one job in his life. So, well, you know, the Social Security <laughs> won't really amount to much. Not after six weeks of employment. <laughs> oh, I'm dying. So, I cannot um, wait to tell you that. So, it's just funny how that's the thing. Aaron uses 
a lot of language that he doesn't fully understand, you know, the meaning behind it. So I think he knows he, that's not his last job. Because when I said, well, you'll, you know, you'll have to get another job. But in his mind, retired means you end one job, oh, you know. Okay. So it's just funny because when he said it, I just died laughing but it's because he doesn't really i think fully comprehend that it means you never work again when you're retired funny so anyways i just had to share that with you i thought you would find that amusing so we are going to of course start our episode with stump the chump i yeah i i think maybe we should rename it to what skunk the chunk because skunk the chunk (laughs) i mean i have lost a little weight you have lost a little you've lost a lot of weight what are you talking about but, yeah, I don't know. Rockstar. Okay, here we go. You ready for We're just going to go with Stump the Chump because okay. you're the chump. Here we go. This is from a game. What's it called? I always have to look at the box. I should have known that. So these are supposed to be really easy questions that, like, everybody on the planet should know. And okay. I think we're we're understanding that this game is not so, true. <laughs> if I miss one, I'll say I should have known that. I should have known that. There we go. Okay. okay, the first one. Your daughter is a nurse, so she'll be very proud of you if you get this right. Oh, no. How many chambers is the heart divided into? Four. Excellent. All right. What is a supernova? Uh, it's like an exploding star. Yeah, you're two for two. All right, Ebert. Here we go. What is the name of the killer in the movie series? Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Um... Jason. Excellent. And can I tell you, I just pull a random card from yeah. this box and it actually had a Friday the 13th question in it. No way. How insane is that? We should go celebrate and get Bloody Marys. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for is, that. It is Friday after all and it's raining. Maybe so we, we should go play the lottery or something. Oh, maybe. Or maybe. Put a bet down. Put a bet down. In yeah. Kansas. Yeah, we have legal sports betting in Kansas now, well, right? Not for like nine months. But oh, not for nine months? Yeah. Oh. Jim's excited about sports betting, aren't you? Yeah. You know, because it's like probably better than the stock market for me. I don't know anything about <laughs> companies or what they're yeah. going to do. All right. Here we go. Last question. Let's see if you can go four for four. I have a good okay. feeling about this. All right. All right. Who is the drummer of Motley Crue and father of two children with Pamela Anderson? Oh, man. What is Tommy Lee Jones or Tommy Lee? Tommy Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. Tommy Not Lee Tommy Jones Lee Jones. Would be good too. <laughs> I'd feel bad for her if it was... Tommy Lee Jones is quite a bit older. Yeah, quite so. a bit older. Probably, probably not in Pam's. Probably not in Pam's little black house. book. Yeah, I would say you're exactly <laughs> right. So you got four out of four. So I, I nailed it. I did not stump the chump. Today. I knew. I so I get to say I knew that. Yes. Instead of, Instead of I should have known that. Yeah. You say, I, no, knew I knew that. that. You knew that. Knew. All right. Excellent. So it is still the month of May. It is uh, May is better hearing and speech month. So I'm just kind of trying to do some topics. And we talked about apraxia mm-hmm. and the root word of apraxia last week. What is the root word, Jim? Praxis. Praxis. It's a Greek word that means movement. So I just thought, why not? Let's just continue the conversation and talk a little bit more about childhood apraxia of speech. And I thought what we could do today... Uh, is talk about the different types of apraxia because apraxia is a motor planning disorder and motor planning difficulties can actually occur throughout the whole body, right? So we've seen this in our son. So Mm -hmm. we can talk a little bit about Aaron as we go throughout this. But um, when, as a speech language pathologist, uh, me and my colleagues, we usually talk about uh, speech motor planning difficulties, right? Because we're talking about the motor act of talking. So it's really important though that 
as speech language pathologists that we treat the whole child, and this statement would be easier if you could see it in writing, whole child, W-H-O-L-E, uh, we don't just treat the hole in the head, the H-O-L-E, right? So right. whole child, not hole in the head. <laughs> yeah. You look like you want to say something. Because there's there's several holes in your there head. There are several holes in the head. Okay, what can I say then? The, the, the hole, biggest hole in your the head. The biggest hole in the head. You do have lots of holes in your head, don't you? Well, I mean, I probably have more than most people. But... What, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm just kidding. How I don't, many I don't have any extra holes in my no head. No extra holes. But you do have, you got nose holes, I guess. Is that what you're talking nose, about? Nose, ears. Ear holes. Yeah. 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 So I guess you're right. Maybe my statement doesn't make any sense. But the big hole. The, w, the, the H-O-L-E. The, the big hole. <laughs> In your head. Oh okay. my gosh. Okay. It is I'm sorry. I derailed that one a little bit. That's all right. We're good. We're good. So let's talk about um, <laughs> not just the hole in the head, the big hole in the head. Let's talk about motor planning difficulties throughout the whole body. So when we talk about apraxia, there are three primary types of apraxia that I talk about with families. So I want to start with limb apraxia. So your limbs, your arms and your legs, right? Limb right. apraxia. Mm-hmm. Um, other more technical names that you'll often hear um developmental coordination disorder dcd okay and that's too hard to say it is hard to say but developmental coordination disorder is another name for limb apraxia um it's very interesting in the olden days uh before the term apraxia or developmental coordination disorder was used they referred to it pediatricians referred to it as clumsy child syndrome Okay. Okay. So is this like the old west? This like, is the old, yeah, the old west. Oh, Aaron, can I tell them about yeah, yeah, the Aaron, old west? Aaron loves. The so old west. we live in a. There's a little town right next to us. Uh, it's called Greenwood, Missouri, and it is known for its antique stores. There's really nothing in right. Greenwood. There's right. a gas station, and then there's this row of antique stores, and and they have stuff sitting outside of those antique stores. So you know, I mean, it's right. I don't know, old stuff. And so every time we drive by, for years, Aaron has said this. Oh, it's the Old West. It's the, or does he call it the Old West or the Wild West? Old West, old doesn't West, he? Yeah. It's the Old West. And he loves to go to antique stores. So sometimes he'll say, Mom, can you take me to Grandma's so we can go to the Old West? <laughs> he, yep. lo- he loves to go. So that's what he calls antique stores, the the Old West. So. Oh, he said he was a cowboy yesterday, too. Did oh, because he was that? on a horse? Because, yeah, because he was going to ride his horse. Oh, he's a cowboy. See, he's so... So I think I'm going to get him a cowboy hat. Oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. He'd probably like it. He probably would, actually. Because then, you know, keep the sun off. He's very, you know, sun sun. conscious. Yes, he is. He always has been. I know we're derailing here, but I just have to say, when he was younger, like, I'm talking like a little kid, and he'd go outside to play... He didn't like to play if the sun was out. So he always right. did better at dusk or later. Right. Like he did not like to play out in the sun. And if we had to go to a softball tournament for the girls or, you know, we had to be out during the day, he would find some corner of shade like that a building would offer, like where the concession stand was or whatever. And Aaron would literally stand in shade that was like two feet by two feet, you know, and he would just stand there. It's I always said it's like he's a vampire. Like right. he can't be in the sun. Yep. He would find the shade. He would find the shade. But he loves to be outside at dusk or later, you know, mm-hmm. when there's yep. not sun. So it's really interesting. One of his sensory differences, for sure. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. So back that's okay. To, We're back talking to about the original <laughs> limb apraxia, developmental coordination disorder. Here in the United States, it's also called dyspraxia. So if you remember, I think last time we talked a little bit about the suffixes, prefixes, A and dys, D-Y-S, mm, right. right? Dyspraxia, apraxia. So A means total loss. Um, dys, D-Y-S, means partial loss. So one of the reasons why here in the United States, when we talk about the verbal apraxia, we call it childhood apraxia of speech. Um, and 
it's because dyspraxia here in the United States is a billable code for the limapraxia slash developmental coordination disorder. So dyspraxia here in the United States refers to the limapraxia. So let's talk about what that is. Limapraxia is difficulty uh, with movements uh, of the of the hands, the fingers, the legs. Okay, so it's difficulty planning the movements, okay, okay, of the extremities, of the fingers, arms, and legs. And so for children who have difficulty with those motor movements, um, so they're going to be gross motor movements and fine motor movements with the fingers and, and, and hands, uh, they're going to probably have difficulty learning sign language. So one of the okay. things as speech language pathologists that we do, especially with very young children who are struggling with um, oral language development, struggling learning to talk, is we have to find an alternative way for them to communicate. So one of the things I do as an early intervention provider is see, can we use sign language? And we know that um, a child who has limapraxia, that will likely preclude the use of sign language. It's really hard to teach a child signs if they can't imitate actions with their fingers and their hands on command, right? Okay. Or have that direct yep. imitation. So that's why as speech language pathologists, we need to be working closely with our OTs and our PTs and rule out any type of limb apraxia okay. to help us determine what kind of augmentative and alternative communication we're going to use. So um, one example I can remember, uh, I mean, there's several things we can talk about with our son, Aaron. In case you're a new listener, Aaron is autistic and also has apraxia and it's evident throughout his whole body. Uh, when Aaron was young, I'm going to say three, four years old, if I was walking with him on the sidewalk, you know, going for a walk, maybe to go get the mail or whatever, if there was a little rock, a little pebble on the ground, Aaron could kick it. I mean, Aaron has no reason he can't kick, right? Mm -hmm. So he could do that as long as it was spontaneous. But if I put a ball in front of him and gave him the command, kick the ball, he would struggle with that. You could right. see him kind of stand there and look at the ball and he would have to, because you can talk to any physical therapist and they can explain to you that when you go to kick a ball, you have to motor plan and the first thing you have to do is shift all your weight to your non-dominant leg because to kick you get all your weight off your dominant leg and then you take your dominant leg back you know and then swing and kick the ball well Aaron would get stuck in that first uh, step of the motor plan in shifting mm -hmm. his weight so it looked like he was kind of dancing like doing the two-step because he was shifting his weight and he would get frustrated and walk away just recently well not real recently but I would say when did Aaron start horseback riding uh, four years ago three three four years ago do you yeah. remember the first time we took him to horseback do you remember how many weeks it took him to learn how to swing his leg over the horse like he tried to get on the horse backwards the first time do you remember that because right. he couldn't motor plan she was like he was like standing on a little step and she's like okay swing your leg over and again you could see him trying to motor plan which leg do I go and he actually put the wrong leg up which meant he would have get on, right. on the horse backwards. On backwards and she yep. was like no 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 buddy the other leg and then he got all confused and our kid is tall I mean he at the time he started horseback I would say he was 5'10 5'11 I mean he's always been very tall so getting off the horse all he should have to do is swing his leg over and just slide down right mm -hmm. and his feet would touch right well he doesn't have great body awareness either and well, with the, flexibility and flexibility yeah. and motor planning and so I when she tried to get him to just swing his leg over and just slide off the horse he couldn't do it. I mean, well, it took he, a long time. He kicked Johnny in the rear, and Johnny kind of... Kind of took off? Kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. Tried to bump <laughs> It didn't him a go well. Bit. Yeah, so it's just really interesting. Aaron is really good and pretty coordinated with movements that he's familiar with. Mm -hmm. But with apraxia, when there's a new movement, right, when right. it's something that isn't, isn't, doesn't have an established motor plan, you can see him really, really right. struggle with that. Yeah. I mean, now that he's been writing, you know, all of those movements are mm -hmm. 
They're natural. Within they're automatic. And yeah. they're easy for them. And that's the thing. Once a motor um, act has been well rehearsed, it becomes seemingly automatic, right? right. Just like we talked about in the last episode, right? That mm-hmm. it, when you first learn to play the piano, you know, you peck at the keys and you don't do, it's not very fluid. It, it takes a lot of effort and concentration. It's the same thing with any motor act, including whether it's, you know, walking, talking, using a spoon, all of those are motor acts. So limapraxia is difficulty motor planning, uh, the movements with the fingers, arms, legs on command. The second type of apraxia that we can talk about is nonverbal oral apraxia. So this has nothing to do with talking. This is difficulty uh, with movements, um, oral facial movements. So things like sticking the tongue out on command, smiling on command. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Aaron. Okay. So let's talk oh, about yeah. pictures. And if it's a posed picture, he's really good now at likes, you know, getting in the family photo and looking toward the camera. He doesn't always look right at it, but man, his smiles they're, yeah. they're forced and they're not natural yeah. and yeah i i always marveled at uh our friend jennifer who could um ethan's mom uh-huh, uh-huh. who who could get him to smile naturally so, so big and naturally when she would take pictures right with him or you uh-huh, know like uh-huh i was like how does she do that because most of the time when we do it, it's it's this and I think kind of she, forced. Yeah, Ethan's mom, smile. Jennifer and and Aaron, they have a good connection, you know. And yeah. I think she was able to genuinely make him laugh at something. Yeah, and I, I think th- that's I think, the key is it yeah. wasn't forced. Whereas we're like, okay, buddy, we're gonna take a family picture, smile. So now we're giving the command, smile. It wasn't natural. It wasn't automatic. Right. And he usually has. I don't know. It's just. I, I don't know if any of the listeners, you know, have seen kids who, who just can't smile on command. You know, it's really hard for them. Okay. Um, so in very young children, and we saw this with Aaron, another uh, uh, thing that we see in nonverbal oral apraxia is when we teach kids to brush their teeth. And uh, I know Aaron could spit, which is an oral facial movement, the mm-hmm. ability to spit. He could right. do it because he doesn't like quite a he there are a lot of foods he doesn't like so if he were to try a new food as a toddler and if he didn't like it he could spit it out right Right. we saw that we knew he could spit but when teaching him to brush his teeth and we wanted him to spit the toothpaste out um because you know for a while we used the toothpaste he could swallow right so we didn't have to worry about it but as he started getting older and the dentist said you know he needs fluoride so we need to have him spit that toothpaste out so aaron would be brushing his teeth And then he'd have a mouthful and I'd say, okay, buddy, time to spit. And what would happen was so interesting is he would put his head over the sink because he obviously intended to spit and then he would freeze. And it's these moments when kids freeze that we really should be recognizing those are the moments of effort. Okay, a lot of times when we talk about apraxia, people say, oh, there should be groping, obvious groping. What we should see is effort. It's not always going to look specifically like groping, but it can be moments of where they freeze because they are freezing because what the motor cortex in the brain is trying to do is plan the next movement and mm-hmm. they get stuck because they have motor planning difficulties. Okay. So I would say spit and he would put his head over the sink and then he would just freeze and his mouth would be open and all the toothpaste and bubbles would start running out of his mouth. I used to have to put a towel around his um, shirt, you know, his neck because all the bubbles would run out and all he would do is hold his mouth open and it would just fall out. Mm -hmm. So it would be this huge mess. So I started giving him a little Dixie cup of water and he would put the water in his mouth and then just open his mouth and he couldn't spit on command. So Mm -hmm. that is evidence of a nonverbal oral apraxia. Um, Today, I wish I would have known this trick uh, back then, but today what we would do is um we would want him to really forcefully say two two like put a number two in the okay. sink because that gets the lips rounded and it gets the tongue in the correct position two, two, two. 
And okay. so you can see, yeah. Jim can see me, the listeners can't see me, but it, it gets your mouth in the right position and then it forces, um, with that T sound, it kind of forces it out. So that would be a strat- strategy to teach kids how to spit. But um, so nonverbal oral apraxia, again, has nothing to do with talking. Uh, Then we have the verbal apraxia. And this is what, um, you know, SLPs are usually uh, uh, treating is the verbal apraxia. In children, verbal apraxia, um, this is difficulty sequencing sounds necessary for speech on command. So it's difficulty sequencing consonants and vowels together to produce intelligible okay. speech. Uh, so in the in in children in the United States, verbal apraxia is called childhood apraxia of speech, or CAS. In adults in the United States, it is called acquired apraxia of speech. So it's AOS. So we have CAS and, and AOS, AOS. Okay. Um, now the United States is really the only country who talks about CAS. Other English-speaking countries, the majority of them. Uh, refer to verbal apraxia as verbal dyspraxia. So that's where there's some confusion. So like if you live in the United States and you're reading an international journal and they talk about verbal dyspraxia, you know, we, we call it CAS here in the United States. So anyways, there are some language differences. But that verbal apraxia, um, uh, in my experience, um, it rarely occurs in isolation. And in fact, Apraxia Kids, which is a nonprofit organization out in Pittsburgh, um, they, um, on their website, they have uh, lots of handouts that are available, you know, for families and therapists. And they actually have a a handout that talks about um, CAS rarely occurs in isolation, meaning there are often going to be either other motor planning struggles, there can be um, co-occurring language struggles as well okay. so yeah. there can be reading struggles so uh this verbal apraxia or cas while it is something the slp is is treating we have to recognize again we treat the whole child right w-h-o-l-e right not, not just the giant hole in the head <laughs> uh so that we are uh, effectively providing um uh, all the services that the child needs so anyways i just thought that uh, might be helpful for people to really hear uh about the different types of apraxia that that slps need to be aware of that's awesome yeah yeah so um i don't know anything else we want to talk about today I think we've covered a lot. Yeah, I think it's good information. So thanks for listening to another episode of SLP Talk Show. Jim and I, I don't know, it's Friday the 13th. Maybe we'll go have... Happy happy, hour. Happy hour. Yeah. Is it too early for happy hour? Is there Um, breakfast hour? You know, it's it's (laughs) 5 o'clock somewhere. See, I love that saying. And I'm so grateful that it's 5 o'clock. Literally, it's 5 o'clock for somebody right now. Whoever's listening, it could be 5 o'clock. So... are you a Bloody Mary fan? Like, I just want to have a quick um, conversation about yeah, Bloody Marys. Yeah, in, in, in the right situation. But do you like them spicy? Um, slightly. Slightly not, spicy, not, not like super. Super powerful. Like, yeah. I had one at a tailgate a few years ago that was so spicy. I mean, it was like burning. Oh, and that can't be good. And I was like, okay, I can't, I can't deal with that. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. a little bit of spice in there. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to chew it. No, no, I agree. Well, here's <laughs> you know? my thing. I want to love Bloody Marys. Like, you know, I love wine and I love Palomas. That's my favorite, like ice drink um, mm-hmm. uh, in the summer. Uh, but I really want to love Bloody Marys because they look good. And there is this restaurant in downtown Lee Summit called Smoke. Right. And I really want to go there because their 
Bloody Marys, it's like a meal. They have a cheeseburger attached to it. They have chicken tenders, you know, they have pickles. And I mean, they have all this food. And I'm like, it's like a whole meal. It's like $25 for this drink, but it's a whole meal. So I'm desperate. I want to go and I want to have this. But I don't know that I'm going to like Bloody Marys because, you know me, I have issues with certain things. Yeah. And I always say to Jim, I want to like a Bloody Mary, but I feel like I'm drinking chili. You know, it just is <laughs> It's kind of like when, when, when we got together, you wanted to like me. You just didn't. I had to convince you over time. And 29 years later, I still yeah. like you. Yeah. <laughs> so I really want to like Bloody Mary. So stay tuned, and I'm going to let you know. We're going we're gonna to have a Bloody Mary sometime this weekend. Maybe not at 9 a.m. on Friday, <laughs> but we're going to have one soon. Um, and I'm going to let everybody know whether or not I, I like Bloody Marys because I want to like them, Okay. Sounds All right. Good. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of SLP Talk Show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review and let us know what you think. As you head back to the real world, remember to practice kindness and acceptance. And please, please get your boobies checked every year. It could just save your life. It certainly saved mine. Until we meet again. Cheers.